This was a team that was a 500 team last year, and Ottawa looks right now to be more reflective of that team that was a 500 team all season long rather than the team that got hot at the right time in the postseason and wound up running the table to win the Grey Cup. Welcome to an all-new summertime campfire edition of the Waggle. Actually, no, I can't even say campfire because I'm actually in an area where there's a fire ban going on. Uh, here in the heart of British Columbia, just outside of Revelstoke, my name is James Sabalski. With me, as always, is the franchise, the Chez man, Davis Sanchez. Chez, uh, I am here just a... Uh, just uh, about 15 minutes west of Revelstoke, uh, here in the heart of uh, Rocky Mountains, uh, here in British Columbia. And just before we get going, I just want to give a quick shout out to everybody uh, in northern BC and the Caribou region that are infected by the uh, terrifying scene right now with the raging wildfires going on that has led to the province being in a state of emergency right now. So just our, uh, we'd like to dedicate this episode everybody that's been affected uh all those fellow canadians of ours that uh, are going through a really hard time so our best and this one's for you everybody Chesie, how are you buddy i am uh, i'm okay and yes uh, your sentiments and our thoughts with those folks in northern bc there uh james um but yeah i'm uh, other than that i am uh, i'm good out on the east and uh ready for another another week of football and also the suspension came down um the, the topic of the week was was Will Hill? Unfortunately, the topic of the week after a, um, you know some pretty exciting games, but uh, the Will Hill incident. Uh, your take? Well, I mean, to me, uh, first off, let's why don't we explain the suspension here, Chez? Why don't you lay down what uh, what's been handed down? Yeah, so Will Hill's been came out today. He's been suspended for one game. I just came out. Uh, the league sent out a statement today. I know you had some, uh, you know, some thoughts about about this and uh, what what should happen. I, I I think, you know, my opinion. I feel like it's it's a bit light, but I I had a feeling that this would uh, would be uh, the case just because of uh, incidences previously had kind of that, that were similar. There's nothing exactly alike, but that were similar uh, had the same the same length. So I figured it would be a one or a two game, and uh, Will Hill suspended Hamilton Tiger Cats for one game. So, okay. And, and, and you know what, it's light. to me, it's crystal light. (laughs) I mean, it's, uh, it's lighter than crystal light. I believe in crystal light because I believe in me. You know, you know that eighties jingle. It's, uh, here's my thought is this. And I learned this when I was about 10 years of age, back when I first started watching wrestling and there was the old cliche from Jesse to body Ventura who would say, you don't put your hands on a referee. And Will Hill did the ultimate no, no. And, to me, I feel like, and this is where the CFL sometimes frustrates me. And look, I don't want to be like, okay, maybe it's because I'm a cop's son. Maybe it's because my sister's a cop. So maybe I'm heavy handed in terms of getting tough on crime. But my opinion is this. I think they went too light. You've got to protect the officials. You've got to protect the integrity of the game. And Will Hill grabbing uh, an official with, with there was intent there there was there was emotion and uh borderline blind rage that was uh that that didn't ultimately happen but it was 
you don't do that in a threatening manner. And to me, I think it should have been more severe than that. I, I know some people were talking about a whole season. I don't think it was that extreme, but I do think that I, I would have, I would have personally liked to have seen about four games, about a quarter of the season. Then maybe for some people, for some football people, that feels excessive. But to me, I think you have to protect the officials. You have, that's the league. Those are the guys who have to keep the law and order for the Canadian Football League, week in, week out. And how many times these guys are in a thankless position? We always, it seems like every week, somebody is blaming an official for some event or some sort of outcome. And for somebody to do that, for Will Hill to do what he did, I think I would have gone heavier-handed. Chez, I would have gone at least four games. That's my own personal opinion. But again, there's been times where, you know, Ken Austin last year, uh, you know, he had his one game. I, I just... Sometimes I feel like they're missed spots by the league. And, you know, hey, look, nobody wants to see anybody banned from the league in that sort of case. But to me, I think that would have gone heavier and I would have been looking at at least four games. At least. I won't, I won't talk this, this point to death. What I will say, I, I feel like if, if it was a repeat offense, then I would have gone heavier. I wouldn't if they would have gone heavier. I wouldn't have thought it was wrong. I would have understood it and I would have supported it. And I could see them going four games, and I wouldn't have batted, batted an eyelash. But I also can see why, because of the precedent set before, why they went went to this level. If it happened, if it was a situation where it was a repeat offender, then I say you you throw the book at him. But in in the heat of the moment, things happen. You don't want to take away you know, one-fourth of a, a guy's year year pay. Remember, they only get paid for six months of the year, so that's a quarter, four games. That's a, a quarter of their, almost a quarter of their yearly income. So I, I understand it. I'm not I'm not saying that it's, uh, that I agree with it or that it's okay or that, uh, you know, I just feel like I can understand why, uh, you know, someone, you know, someone gets a, a speeding ticket. You don't, uh, I shouldn't compare speeding ticket, but you can kill people. So a speeding ticket, you get two hundred dollars, which is you know one one eight hundredth of your yearly salary. But you you grab a you grab a guy by his chest and you lose a quarter of your year salary. I don't know if that equates, but I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, but if you but if you get pulled over for a speeding ticket and then grab the cop, you're not just getting a two hundred dollar fine, right? <laughs> you're probably going to you're probably going in the back of a squad car. You're probably going downtown, and you're probably getting shoved into every cell on the way to your ultimate holding cell. What happened? Hey, this guy pushed a cop. What? Have you ever been in the back of a squad car? Uh say I have, but not not because I got in trouble. How about that? Okay. <laughs> I got I got family that are cops, man. I got I got a, I got the odd ride to school that way. Yeah, all right, all right, we'll go with it. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, man, I was a schoolboy. What are you talking about? I might have had some friends that went in the back of squad cars for the wrong reason, but um, I, I, see, I, I yeah, I was I, more of a patty. I was more of a patty wagon guy. I've never been in a squad car because oh. I've never done anything wrong. But I definitely yeah. been, I definitely was the high school kid that got thrown in the paddy wagon at least once a month. <laughs> Is that is that only a Canadian thing, the paddy that, wagon, or is that, that is that for Americans? The too? paddy wagon, you know, I feel like the paddy wagon was more of a 1920s thing. So maybe you're really dating yourself into the paddy wagon. But yeah, no, that's more crowd. But I think feel like the paddy wagon is more crowd control. Like, so you were with a whole bunch of misfits going, all right, let's just round them all up, and they're all guilty by association. That was. They had that whack when I used to, you know, for for people from uh, the, the Ottawa, the Ottawa Gatineau area. You know, the, the strip in Hull was, had a zero tolerance because there were, you know, lots of drinking and partying and cheap drinks and all that back in the day. And so, 
they would uh, they had a zero tolerance, and they had the paddy wagon that definitely rolled through and, and rounded up more than a, a few familiar faces. Seaball. Yeah. Sp- speaking of Gatineau and Ottawa in general, let's let's what's going on with with the Red Blacks here? Uh, are you is this a cause for concern? Is is uh, what's your take on on your squad out there in, in the hometown? Are we are we worried about the the Red Blacks? The defending Grey Cup champions are three games into the season now and have yet to win a game. Uh, that's a big red flag for me. And I, and I know that, hey, uh, they were too thrilling. Really? Really? Yeah, it is. And, and, and I'll tell you why. Because look at the numbers that Trevor Harris is putting up. I mean, Trevor Harris has put up some fantastic numbers, and they don't have a win to show for. And they played two phenomenal games against the Calgary Stampeders. And, you know, they came up short, but hey, a lot of people, hey, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. But then they go and play the Toronto Argonauts. And to me, like that was a winnable game. And they completely shot themselves in the foot in certain areas. And look, the Argos are certainly better than a lot of people realized or gave them, wanted to give them credit for going into the season. But I, I, I look at it and I just thought Ottawa played down to a level of competition there. That was a game that Ottawa should have won. And they're now 0-2-1. and uh, three weeks into the season and going into this week against Edmonton, it wouldn't surprise me at all if this team goes through uh, four weeks now, a month into the season, and they might still be winless out of this outcome in Commonwealth Stadium this coming weekend. Uh, the Ottawa, they've got the talent. I think there's plenty of time for them to work things out, but how is it accept? It's not acceptable. If you're the defending champions and you're three weeks into the season and you have yet to win a game and might be on the cusp of a fourth loss or, or, a, or, or another week of being winless. I, I just think that this team is, there's missed opportunities. They blow a 14 point lead in week one against the stamps at home, at home Chez. And then the week after it's big plays that cost them in, you know, on special teams in the second week and against Toronto, you know, that game was dictated on essentially three big plays and Ottawa was on the wrong side of all of them. So for whatever reason, this was a team that was a, this was a team that was a 500 team last year. And Ottawa looks right now to be more reflective of that team that was a 500 team all season long, rather than the team that got hot at the right time in the postseason and wound up running the table to win the Grey Cup. That, that's fake news, Sabalski. It's fake news. They're they're gonna they will they will lose to Edmonton. <laughs> they will lose to Edmonton. This they will lose to Edmonton. They'll go zero three and one. And they're still a top five team in the league. And you're right. On the other hand, exactly, you are right. They are a 500 team. And that's their record is what they were last year. They just got on a run at the right time. They're a good football team. They're not a great football team. But they're the Great Cup champions. And they're a top five team in this league. And they're going to be 0-3-1. and one, And they're still a top five team in the Sanchez power rankings. So what, so what, do, you do, if you're, what do you do if you're Rick Campbell? Uh, like, t- talk to me about this. Take me into the room for a second, Chess, because if you're, you're a coach, and I'm sure you probably recognize and look at this team on paper and say, we're better than this. But you know what I mean? Like, now we've gone through almost a quarter of the season now and don't have a win to show for. So, uh, I mean, what do you do if you're uh, Rick Campbell? Because you, he did a great job last year of not panicking with it, you know, trying to handle a very, really sensitive quarterback situation. But uh, what do you do at this point in time? That is what you do. You don't, you don't panic. You trust the process. You look and you say, Jimmy Elizondo, you're doing a heck of a job with his offense. You're throwing, you know, Trevor Harris is, is outdueling every quarterback he plays, throwing, you know, averaging 400 yards. Ellingson, Sinopoli, and Deontay Spencer all went for 100 the game before last. 
they're playing they're playing good offensive football. They're giving up you know almost 400 yards uh, defensively, and Mark Nelson and the rest of that defense group they'll get better. Uh, they're missing some pieces. They have some new pieces in the secondary. It's not to panic. The East is is not all that strong again, and they're they're right up there. They'll be fine at the, at the end of the day. They'll be fine. It's, don't no one's panicking. I don't think. Uh, they had a huge crowd out there, a sold out, a sold out, uh, a sold out stadium. So the fans are are sticking sticking with it. Uh, everything's fine. Everything's fine in the nation's capital. They'll they'll be they'll be they'll be all right, James. Don't worry, James. What about Hamilton? What what about Hamilton? How about now, Hamilton? They're screwed. No, they're right they're now. they're screwed. They're completely screwed. <laughs> <laughs> how about like how disappointing? How disappointing is that? And and look, I think we both saw Saskatchewan winning that game last week. Um, I think we both saw uh, the, the riders, and you know what? Props to the riders. We'll, we'll get we'll touch on on Regina here for in a second, but I look at what you know Zach Caleros. I'm sorry, but Zach Caleros, you got to be better. You've got to be better. And I've been a big fan, and I and I pumped his tires uh, since day one of this show. But Zach Caleros makes a lot of money to deliver W's for the Hamilton Tie Cats. Did you just jump off? Does that Galero bandwagon? Did you just jump? Did you no, just jump I off? I didn't say. I didn't. Say, I didn't say. I, I didn't say. I jumped off. Oh, you know, you jumped. No, no, you jumped off. Say, I would definitely say I'm sitting in the side compartment as opposed to uh, riding, uh, <laughs> riding on top. I, I just like. I, hey, listen. He, he's, he's played hurt. He's had some, some tough goes with injuries and all that. He's had an offensive line that looked like Swiss cheese at various points over the last year and a half. But I'm sorry. Um, when I look at the numbers, when I when I look at guys like, you know, uh, Brandon Banks and 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 look, hey, it doesn't help that Andy Fantuz is out of the mix. But you know, Luke Tasker, where are these guys? You know, he, it it ultimately has to be on him getting them the football at some point in time. And Terrence Tolliver as well, James, who was who is the number one. He's out. Uh, Tasker's been a no show. Brian Timms, who they expected to step in and and be the guy, hasn't hasn't had any success this year either so you know the guys who they expected to step up and fill in for Tolliver haven't the guys who expect were expected to fill in for Fantuz haven't um, and let's just let's call the spade a spade their defense has been suspect uh, and Ken Austin the relationship between Kent and the fans and the, his quarterback and the media are starting to wear thin that's not me. I don't have any interaction with Ken. I've never, I've never been with Ken Austin, but I do. You know, people around there are telling me that it's starting to, things are starting to, to wear thin out there. Uh, this is a, this is a recipe for an explosion. I, I hope they get it together because, you know, Ken Austin knows football. I think that there's been some question about, you know, maybe the, the interaction, the, the, the relationships, and, and they need to, people need to. You know, figure out how to help each other and and work together and, and make it right because they have a heck of a quarterback in Zach and I'm not off the bandwagon. Uh, they do stink right now, but I'm not off the bandwagon. Uh, they, I think they'll be a team that that can, uh, you know, can like I just mentioned about Ottawa. The East is not strong, so they you know Ottawa Hamilton could still be in contention as well with you know. But anyway, uh, that being said, I, I think that it's two games. You're right. It's two games into the season, so there's still time to work it out. But uh, lots of time. Uh, lots of time. Lots of time. Yeah, I still got time for a, get a six pack this summer, Sabalski. <laughs> hey, can we have a moment and and like, why don't we give an opportunity? Because I feel like uh, for the better part of the last year, there's been opportunities to to, to kick around the Saskatchewan Rough Riders for a lot of different reasons, but. 
Uh, I know it's only one win. I know it's only one game, but uh, this team could easily be three and zero in my mind right now. And I look at what I saw, and and you know, in fairness, the Red Blacks could totally be there too. Um, but the Regina, the heartbeat of the Canadian Football League, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, big win for them, and they're clicking on all cylinders. It looked like uh, for Kevin Glenn, the guy that nobody seemed to want, he pushes almost 500 yards of offense. Uh, it was impressive, and and you know what, I really. I really like the direction that Chris Jones has got this team going. Well, they got to be the heartbeat. Well, I mean, I don't think people in Ottawa necessarily think Saskatchewan the heartbeat. I don't think the people in Winnipeg and Investor Field that was rocking last week think that the Saskatchewan and Regina is the heartbeat. I like Regina. I think they, I think they, they're great. They love their football, but I don't know about this heartbeat I stuff. Think merchandise, I think merchandise sales for the Canadian Football League would tell you that they're the heartbeat. They are the Yankee. They are the Yankees of the CFL. That's you. That is you, Sabalski. Typical Sabalski. Make it all about monetary, 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 monetary. All you care about, James. <laughs> That's all you care hey, about. Didn't you sign? Didn't you sign? Didn't you sign with Edmonton for that reason? I'm still I am still the highest paid single season defensive player in CFL history. Boom! And I made one interception. Winning. One interception. Winning. I, no, I spent it all that I spent it all during that six months, but that doesn't that's not yeah, the point. You spent it on dry ribs. You spent it on dry ribs, I think. Hey, but you know, you know what? It was it was a hum, it was a humbling uh, humbling ex, ex, experience, uh, James, and I've learned so much so much from that. Uh, from those times, but yes, back to what we're saying. Yes, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. They are. They have a. They turn things around. And Kevin, I said it last week, and my my TSN CFL fantasy numbers will tell you that I was all over Sasky. Everyone was down on Kevin Glenn, not me. He was my guy. He pulled through. And the reason why I was such a believer, was, and I've been I've been tooting the horn of the Riders for a minute. You know that. And I would, and I, I just felt like they were going to bounce back. They had, they had, they were unlucky. They could have been two and zero. So everyone was ready, to, you know, banging their head against the wall and run, running everybody out of town, including Kevin Glenn and Tyler Carpena. Carpena was two for two. Kevin threw for four hundred and nine million yards and racked up a bunch of fantasy points where I crushed Max and I crushed you. So life is good in Saskatchewan and it's good on our waggle and CFL this week. Uh, uh, fantasy teams. Hey, Boom. hey, hey! By, 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 by the way, there was there was something that you noticed uh, early in that game that you thought was an excellent coaching move by Chris Jones with respect to managing kind of his, uh, I guess, quote unquote, fragile kicker at the time. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. I, I, for, I forgot about that. It was the, it was on the first drive, and Tyler. We all have read this week about Tyler Kerpanian's struggles, and hey, he's a good kicker. He's he's got a strong leg. He's accurate. He's young. He's a he's the future. Uh, of that team, and they're they're fortunate to have him. But people were, you know, he lost two games, and like I said before, it's not the fact that that was the only play that they lost in the game, but it's the one that everybody remembers. If you get carried off the field on your shoulders for winning, you're going to get uh, carried by your feet when you lose. And Tyler, Chris Jones had a situation on the first drive of the game where they could have lined up for a 53-yard field goal, and I said to my I sat on my couch, I said to myself, do not do it, do not do it, do not, and Chris Jones, great job. Sent his punting unit out, and the reason why, James, and just the psyche of Tyler Carpena, that crowd was ready to erupt. Um, Tyler Carpena was is ready to, you know, go into a shell. Let's give him a kick that he can make. Let's give him a kick that he feels comfortable with, and don't put the man out there after all the ridicule 
uh, put him out there for a 53-yarder the very first drive of the next game. He didn't. He gave him a manageable kick. He nailed it. He looked confident. He drilled his extra points. He drilled his field goals. And Tyler Campagna had a good game, and he's back on track. And that's a coaching move that people don't notice, that people won't speak about. But good job by Chris Jones and Tyler Campagna. Hey, are you surprised that Naaman Roosevelt's become the guy with all the names that they have as receivers? Nope. Uh, Jarius Jackson, uh, form, former quarterback of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish and my teammate uh, with the BC Lions, he told me about Naaman, and, and he said this kid is – I mean, obviously the whole league knows about Naaman, but uh, he was telling me – he was raving last year about, about just how good Naaman was and that he thinks he's one of the best. Uh, and Naaman is tough. He runs great routes. Uh, he's fast. He proved that. He got absolutely rocked by Courtney Stevens in the end zone. Uh, popped up and was out there over the middle uh, catching tough balls in traffic two series later. Naaman Roosevelt is not only athletic, uh, a polished route runner, but he's tough. He's got heart. Uh, I love the kid, and he's their number one. Don't be confused, all you guys, thinking Deron Carter's antics are, um, and his skill set make him the number one. There's no doubt Naaman Roosevelt is the number one receiver for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and Deron Carter is a, a darn good talent, but Naaman Roosevelt does it all. That's a scary thought when you think that a guy like Deron Carter is your number two receiver. And we haven't even seen this receiving core with Chad Owens healthy, Rob Bagg finally into the mix. And, uh, boy, that's, Bakari Grants looked good uh, as well since, since signing up in green. It's, uh, you know what, that's a real good-looking receiving core. And, you know, there's a lot of weapons there for Kevin Glenn to kind of have some fun. And you know what? That running game started to show some signs of life, too. They, they, they yeah. put up some Cameron Marshall, Cameron they put Marshall up looked good. They put a little ground and pound as well. Yeah, Cameron Marshall looked look good this week. And, yeah, that's a good that's a good squad. That they, uh, you know, give credit to Steve McAdoo, offensive coordinator out there, for putting together a nice game plan. And, I mean, they remember KG threw a pick in on the goal line, too, that should be seven more points. So they put up a, they put up a nugget on him and uh, – Sasky's back. Nice time for a bye week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They can actually rest on their laurels. Hey, can we have an opportunity to talk about the not yet ready for primetime players now for a second? Now, the not yet ready for primetime players was a name for the original cast of Saturday Night Live back when the show launched some 40 years ago. But in present day, in the Canadian Football League, the not yet ready for primetime players are the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, yeah. And Chazzy, we've we pumped their tires a lot uh, over the la- over, over the off season, uh, late in the year. I think a lot, it's been hard not to like what they've done. And you know, this is a team that's still very talented and in very good shape. Uh, a lot of depth, uh, talent right across the board. A very well-rounded team. But here was an opportunity. Like we've both been waiting to see this team take that next step. And I really thought that this would have been a perfect week for them to show exactly that taking on a Calgary team with the Bombers having home field advantage, amped up crowd, uh, their home opener, and you've got a, a Stampeders defense that's been absolutely ravaged by injuries. Uh, no Devaris Daniels uh, from an offensive standpoint as well. And you go out and play the ugliest game they played since, well, probably since that Ottawa game late in the fall, but uh, just they laid an just laid an egg. Uh, it was awful. I mean, that was a brutal performance by the Bombers. And I know it's only one game, and I know it's only two games into the season. But you know, from a mental standpoint, that's got to be killer. Uh, Matt Nichols, the good far outweighs the bad. But 
you know, I think the critics would tell you that that was probably his worst game as a member of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And just comes at a horrible time, uh, some costly picks, and just collectively, that, that defense ran out of gas. They got scored upon in that second half, and the Calgary Stampeders walk away, lighten up the cigars, saying, we still got them. And that's disappointing because Michael Shea's got to be shaking his head because you look at where that team is, you look at the, how well-rounded they look, and they're still not there. They're still not there, which makes you wonder, where are they, I guess, when it comes to the heavyweights in the West? Oh, well, this, this is, a, you know, and Winnipeg has, Winnipeg now has Toronto coming in town. And that's, that's not going to be easy to ask the way these guys are putting up points. And that's talk about strength versus weakness. Winnipeg's at the bottom of the league in pass defense and total defense. And Toronto's airing the ball out, you know, three guys over over 100 last week they have three guys the week before last they have three guys in the top 10 and receiving in posey uh, armani edwards and the world's greatest sj green by the way how does sj green and I, I gotta be completely honest coming back off of that injury there was no I, I i'm a believer in sj i play with sj i won championship with sj i know what he can do i had no i did not believe that he went at his age at his uh, his position and the injury he had, I did not think it was possible for him to come back. I thought it was actually a good move by the Owls to trade and get something for him because I didn't think, not that I didn't believe in SJ, but I just didn't believe that it was physically possible at that position, that age, and that reconstruction to come back. And he's looked, he's not even wearing a brace out there. He looks, he looks unreal, half man, half amazing. SJ Green is a monster. He's been crazy good. Uh, SJ Green, as, as uh, you know, I, from a comeback player of the year standpoint, I think he's the runaway favorite three weeks into the season. Uh, just, just phenomenal. Uh, that's a great, that's a great story. And, and Ricky Ray, and Ricky Ray too. I mean, we kind of had this guy retired, and and Ricky finds ways to win. So, uh, you know, whether it's the Tressman effect, whether it's these two guys who just trained incredibly hard in the off season, and you know, Ricky's been hit too a few times as well with that offensive line protecting him. I think the Argos can still shore that up a little bit more, but. Uh, hey, the Argos are two and one to start the season. So, do you want to jump into our CFL pickums here? Well, I, yeah, I'm going to pick uh, that first game right there since we're already on it. I, I take Winnipeg in the first game, and and I and I and I pick Winnipeg over Toronto. Uh, I know I like the matchup of of Toronto and just what they what they bring offensively. I think on a short week traveling to Winnipeg, extremely tough place to play, and the Bombers stunk it up at home last week. Uh, they have a lot to prove. They're a well-coached team. And they, they historically, they find ways to win. Uh, investors group field, difficult place to play. I like the Winnipeg Blue Bombers to beat Toronto. You, Seaball? <laughs> you know what? After the, the not, I left them yet ready for primetime players to get it done, too. And I just think uh, this team's too good to, to allow themselves to have a, another clunker consecutive weeks at home. I think this is a team that's going to be pissed off and looking to atone for what they did against the Calgary Stampers. I think the Bombers get this one back and find a way to knock off the Argos here. So I think we're both on the Friday night. Friday night, Calgary, Cal- Calgary in Montreal. Friday night. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna in that game. I like the Owls to play them tough. I think it'll be an inspired effort in Montreal. I just think that Calgary's Calgary's too tough. They're too talented, and Bo Levi Mitchell is just the difference maker. Darian Durant has not played uh, great. Um, he's played okay. I don't think he's he hasn't made a lot of mistakes. He hasn't got sacked, but he hasn't played great. And he's been protected, Chad. That's the crazy thing. Darian Durant's been protected here, and he still has yet to execute. 
Yeah, no, you're 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 100. You're 100 right. That was always the big question: was if he's protected, he'll have great success, and that has not been the case. He hasn't been able to find Ernest Jackson. Uh, Sam Jaguar has been hurt. Nick Lewis has been quiet. The only one out there on offense who's really been consistently balling is Terrell Sutton, and he's he's toting the rock and doing what he's quietly he's quietly one of the better backs in this league. He led the league in rushing, I think, two seasons ago. But just because I think he's out there weighing in Quebec, I don't think he gets the national attention that he should. Terrell Sutton is a, a great young back, or not a great young back, just a great vet back. He, he runs hard between the tackles. He got speed to get outside. And, and uh, that defense, man, oh, man. Noel Thorpe said it. We, everyone's gone. Alan Michael Cash, Marco Bruyette, uh, Winston Venable, Bear Woods, uh, Ryan, no, not Ryan Phillips. Ryan Phillips is there. We're missing a DB. Oh, Billy Parker. And all these guys, and I'm probably missing some, but that's five right there. All these guys are gone. David Sanchez, that's six. All these great, great, great players are gone, <laughs> and they still – and Thorpe said it. Thorpe said, I know, I, I talked to him, and we interviewed him, and they said, hey, you know, what, what happens now? You, you're missing all these guys, and, and your defense was so good. You carried the team last year with your defense, and since Anthony's been gone, actually. And he said, well, the, Davis, the expectations around here are not going to change. And I – I scoffed at that. Like, yeah, okay, they better change because they're not. Your defense is not going to be able to do it with these guys. I haven't heard. Of, I've only heard of Are four of them. Are they better? What's that? Are they better? I, I don't. I don't. I don't know if they could be better. I still. You know what? I'm a believer in what Noel's doing, and I'm a believer that this team is going to be good for a minute because the guys playing are young, so they're going to be good uh, this year and moving forward. And you can't say enough about the job uh, that Noel Thorpe's done. With with this defense, Jacques Chaplin and the offense have got to get it together and pull pull their weight. Though uh, I just I feel like uh, I feel like Calgary's too good. Uh, Bo, Bo Levi Miss is just too good, and uh, they'll they'll get it done. But it'll be close. Yeah, I I, I like Calgary Stampeders to get this one done on the road as well. The Stamps are still the Stamps despite the injuries, and I, I think for me. Montreal's offense is still the Achilles heel, and it's the recurring storyline since last year as well. Uh, you know, Darian, just for whatever reason, I think we all expected Darian to have success. If you could protect him, I think, if, you know, try to get familiar with the offense, and um, it's still not there. And I, I think Darian's got to be better. Curtis Jackson's got to be better. Uh, just collectively, I mean, that offensive line has gone above and beyond the expectations, but the playmakers are not doing that. And I think until that gets remedied, I see another L in the Alouettes uh, loss column. So I got the Stamps uh, coming up with a road win, which brings us to the second leg of our CFL Friday night football doubleheader, and that's the defending Grey Cup champions, Ottawa Red Blacks at Commonwealth to take on the Eskimos. I think we both kind of alluded to this already, but I love the way Mike Riley's playing right now, and I love the way that guys have stepped up in place of Darrell Walker. I know they've had a lot of injuries defensively, and this may catch up to them long-term, but – uh, Mike Riley's um, he's balling right now, Chesie. I, I, I like the Eskimos to hand the Red Blacks another winless week. Zero, three, and one. The Ottawa Red Blacks will be after this week. Edmonton will beat them off, of, coming off a bye to the the Eskies had a bye last week. They're rested. And and on another note, my guy Darius Bowman has not has not played well. I expect AD to come back with a vengeance and Riley to feed him the ball for you fantasy. For you TSN CFL fantasy guys, that's a pick. If you can afford them, if you can get your get your get your weight up, not your head up, but get your pockets up, and you can afford a Darius Bowman, go get him. Put him on layaway if you got to. Uh, but he's a guy who's he's gonna have a big. I can't afford him. He's, he costs too much 
uh, in the structure of my team, but he's he's going to put up some numbers because he's he's they're going to force the ball to him and he he gets it naturally. You force it to him, uh, and Ottawa plays a lot of man coverage, so they're going to. And Darius Bowman's a, a good pick there, and I, I'm with you, Seaball. And then uh, Saturday is uh, the Lions again, three weeks in a row out east. There, uh, Wally's getting his uh, his air miles up for his his annual trip to Hawaii. I don't think he's got enough. Uh, he has to save up his money because I'm sure Wally's <laughs> I'm sure Wally's hurting in the pockets there. All those early years in the in the '90s in Calgary and then early 2000s in Vancouver. I'm sure real estate he's really struggling with his paper. So uh, he's uh, he's getting his air miles saved up for this for this uh, another week here in, in on the East Coast. Who do you like, Ballsy? I like the Lions to continue their Eastern dominance. They swept the East last year, and uh, I, I just this offense is clicking, and Hamilton's is not. I know that Hamilton's a desperate team right now. They need, they need a W, and I think if there was ever a time for them to deliver, I think now would be it. I just don't, I just don't see it happening. I just don't see this offense suddenly finding stride based on what I've seen in their body of work the first few weeks, even in the preseason. So I say the Lions clean sweep of this eastern road trip which will be impressive and uh i think the tie cats are in a tailspin right now and uh, you know it proved me wrong hamilton i hope you do but at the same time i see the tabby's falling 0 three here oh you know what seaball i want to i want to take you know me i'm i'm a you know I, I i've been around enough and i've seen a lot of desperate a desperate team is a, is a tough team to beat and i that's one of the and when I'm picking these games and I look at games and I, I think of situations, guys are scrapping for their jobs and, you know, that, that old, that old math of, you know, a, a win, a win equals a paycheck equals uh, food for my family. And the opposite, if you don't win, I always, I always like the team that's, that's got their back against the wall. And that being said, I got the BC Lions. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Hey, greatness wins out. Uh, hey, uh, just while we have an opportunity, uh, don't forget to play CFL Pick'em. It's on CFL.ca. It's free to play, and all you got to do is pick the winners. And if you win, and if you have success, you can ultimately win a trip for you and a friend to the 105th Grey Cup this November in the nation's capital in Ottawa. By the way, do you want to go on the Red Tag Ultimate Fan Trip? Three games, three cities, three days. All you have to do is head to www.redtag.ca slash CFL, enter, and you and two of your best buzz, so like Sapolsky and Sanchez, we could all be off in week number eight to see Montreal, Hamilton, and Saskatchewan to see the new Mosaic Stadium. So all you got to do, head over to that website now, enter the Red Tag Ultimate Fan Trip Contest. Entries will close next week. That would be awesome, man. Like, Three cities in a weekend, uh, Chez. We are volunteering ourselves to whoever wins. You guys, can, you can take us. Hey, right, I, all day. I'm in. And see it, CFL this <laughs> CFL this week. CFL this week. Every Wednesday, three o'clock Eastern. That's noon Pacific for you math majors. We're live. We're live. First time ever that the the CFL's done that. We partner with Twitter. And we're going live every week. CFL this week, three o'clock Eastern, noon Pacific. Um, we're talking all things CFL. Me, Brody Lawson, uh, and Max, my guy Max. Uh, we, we're getting down every week live. You can, uh, you know, join in, tweet us, talk to us, give us some questions, and we'll break down. We break down the games. We talk about the happenings around the league, and uh, I talk about as much smack as I do on here with you, minus you carrying me and annoying me. No, you get upgraded with uh, the talented Brody Lawson and master of all bow ties, Max Rosenberg. So that's every Wednesday. 
uh, live, CFL Live. That's a, that's a that's a retweet right there, Chesie. And by the way, thank you so much for everybody who has fa- who have found us here with the Waggle Podcast. If you haven't subscribed already, find us on iTunes, click subscribe. It's free, and a fresh new episode goes to your device each and every week. And while you're at it, if you have a minute, do us a favor and leave us a review. Good, bad, ugly, it all helps. It all counts. And share the love. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you want to hear more. Seaball, special guest coming up. Stay tuned. We have a special guest joining me shortly. Oh, I like it. I like it. I like it. Uh, I'm Sabalski, hanging out camping with the kids here through uh, BC. I'm actually going to go sneak into Calgary and go check out Stampede Week for the very first time because I figured that's a Canadian thing to do. So I got to explore that. Uh, Chaz, have a great week, buddy, and we will uh, reconnect next week, man. Bye, Seaball. Bye, Chazzy. Welcome to the Waggle special special guest, uh, mm. one of my one of my favorite men in football. I'll get to that in a minute. But the co-host of the Rider pre and post game show on six twenty CKRM, former Rider, former multiple Grey Cup champion with the Alouettes uh-huh. and with the Riders, Paul Waldo. Paul, thanks for joining us, my man. Davis, thank you for having me. You know what? To be honest with you, I've been telling you this. I've always wanted to be on the waggle for the existence. <laughs> it's, um, it's it's great to listen to, and I'm, I'm glad to be a part of it. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, it's been it's yeah. been uh, it's been too long. Uh, glad to finally finally get you on. I'll tell the listeners a quick a quick Paul Waldo story. For those of you who don't oh, know Paul Waldo, you must you must not live in Saskatchewan. Paul is the oh. next mayor of Regina. I, uh, you know, Paul was actually, I'm going to tell this story and you're not going to get away with uh, stopping first, me, Paul. Paul, already, was, Paul, already, was a rook, Paul was a rookie with the Alouettes in 2008. And I think I was in yes. probably my 10th or 11th year at that yeah. point in time. And Paul was also a Canadian cornerback. And yes. uh, so we spent a lot of time together. And in one short season, uh, this will speak to the, the man of Paul Waldo. All my travels in in football, uh, there was there was not a young young player that I had more respect for and who I enjoyed mm. spending time with more than Paul Waldo, and that still holds true to this day, Paul. So uh, you're a good wow. you're a good uh, you're a good young guy to have around. Listen to me tell my war stories and uh, you oh, know. Wow. Hey? I think uh, and and if I can if I can tell a quick story, I think I've, I've told you this before, Davis, but. You know, growing up, I'm you know a few years younger than you, and I had the absolute pleasure of of watching you play and kind of following your career, and and especially when you when you were in the CFL and and you know had stops in the NFL, and I think you're a guy that I definitely admired, um, and I was it was incredibly fortunate, obviously, to to kind of be taken under your wing at, at such an early age, and I think that's probably why I had the I had the career that I had, um, and that's that's kind of that's kind of the gist of it. So I, I I'm the fortunate one, my friend. Hey, so I appreciate. Well, it. thanks for the I kind words. It. You know what? I was thinking mm-hmm. I would I was you know the plan was to get you on and to talk some riders, especially since you're working yeah. out there. But I, I figure mm-hmm. the way this has gone so far, why don't we just <laughs> go back and forth and compliment each other for about twenty twenty five minutes and we can call it a day. 
You know what? You know what? You can never get enough. Um, I, I don't get enough compliments anyway. So I mean, if that's the case, I'm going to call and try to be on the way every week. You know, you're good for my self-esteem, Davis. You are great. Buddy. Uh, you are great. Paul, Paul, talk. So what's going on? What What is what's going on in, in Ryderville? One and two uh, going yeah. into the bye week. Now, uh, what's the, that was a huge win on the huge. weekend. Uh, obviously, getting. You know, getting off the schneid, it seemed like pressures were mm. rising out there. Uh, is that the is that the sense? And was there a sense of relief among uh, the fans and the and the team? Absolutely, I think you're uh, I think you're dead on when when you when you talk about pressure, um, you know, urgency, and I think it was it was deemed as a must win. Um, you know, you know, a lot of the a lot of the the facade. I think of the, of the new stadium was was eventually going to wear off. Do you um, believe it was deemed as a must win? You know? Do you believe it was a Do you believe it was a must win? Did it, did, was that, you know, is that reality you know, or is that just talk? I think you know. I, I think it's. A, I think it's. We 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 talk about it. You know, good good old Mark Tressman and, and his uh, Tressisms. Um, <laughs> perception is reality. It was it was perceived uh, as a must win, and if you perceive it, then then you get the sense that that it was, and 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 it was. I mean, this this team starting um, 0-2 into a brand new stadium with uh, you know a club that's only won not even a dozen a dozen games in the last two years. Right. Um, you could feel the pressurizing, and and them going into a bye week um, with a record of 0-3 was was not going to be good for anybody. So it was, I think so. Um, is there? There's been some conversation, you know, amongst. Well, first let's go into this. Let's go into the. I want to talk about the Kevin Glenn performance. I. Absolutely. Uh, along with you, uh, you have a lot of respect for Kevin and what Kevin brings to the Absolutely. brings to the table as a professional, as as a guy. You won't find anyone that has a a bad word to say about Kevin. So mm-hmm. uh, we we're all we all those of us who have been around the league cheer for Kevin. Uh, the, right. Yep. The first two gave me put up some numbers, but this is a this is a win a win business. And you know when you're zero and two and you have a young guy behind you, and you throw a pick six. To start off yeah. the game, a bad pick Dark. six, and Kevin Kevin would probably admit that was a bad pick six. Do you think there was a chance that if he doesn't go down there that next drive or the next that first quarter and score again, is there any way that Chris Jones moves to Brandon Bridge? I, I think there's a possibility. I really do because one, once again, getting back to this, this situation uh, of pressure, you know, it, it, it's one of those things. It's you know, playing good is one thing, but but resulting in wins is is another thing and that's the only thing and I, I felt like being in the stadium in that moment um for Kevin to drive down the field and throw that interception and not only throw the interception but have a seven seven point swing. I felt like if it's if a he didn't fourteen come back po- and fourteen after, point swing. Fourteen point swing, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um fourteen point swing then then I felt that there was a good chance that he would have pulled them he would have put them pulled them early enough where Brandon Bridge would have had um a significant amount of time to still go in there, get into a get into a flow, and have and, an opportunity as opposed to, to to pulling a guy late in the fourth quarter and putting him in for garbage time. Well, if 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 it's the nuts, uh, we're candies and butts. But uh, I think that's I think that's the saying. Kevin Glenn, three hundred and eighty yards passing, wow. two touchdowns, and what stuck out to me, stood out to me, was the red zone efficiency. Five times in the red zone, four uh, four touchdowns. Incredible and and. We had talked about it on on our pregame and how the efficiency in the red zone had to become better. Um, they, you know, they were moving the ball obviously in the first two weeks. I think amassing a, a total of six six hundred yards in two games, and they just weren't being productive in the in the red zone. So for him to to put up those numbers, 
we're, we're huge and they need them. They need them. Is, is it, when we look at this, this team, uh, you, you talked about the pressure and I can't, you mm-hmm. know, Ryder nation. I don't understand. You understand it, Paul, you've lived mm-hmm. in your whole life, your family. I've spent many, uh, many a times I actually went out and, and had the joy of watching uh, the great cup with your family when you, in 2013, right. Right. Yeah, uh, you were sure. gracious to have me out there with you. That was a uh, unreal experience. One I'll never forget, sure. but Ryder nation, Chris Jones, he's been a, a polarizing figure out there. I can't figure it out, and I'm sure you have your opinions. Uh, but the big question, or one of the conversations that comes up, is Chris Jones uh, being the vice president of football operations, which I believe is that his title, GM, GM, head yes. coach, and VP of operations. So he wears four hats. He's also the defensive coordinator. I, I, it is four. You're right. So is is that is is that a conversation that that we hear? Is, is are, are people think that he has too much power out there, or what's Absolutely. What's the deal there? Absolutely. I, I think, um, and this kind of derives back to the Corey Chamberlain era, but I mean, he's got too much power and he's got too much responsibility. And if you don't win, then those two end up lingering. What do you mean um, by you know, too much responsibility? Lot... What, what do you, what's the, what do you mean by too much well, responsibility? You know, too much power or responsibility? I mean, he can't, doesn't have time to do it. Well, that's, well, that's the thing. Um, going back to, like I said, Corey Chamberlain was a head coach and, um, was a play caller. It wasn't even the defensive coordinator. We had obviously a proven, a proven defense coordinator in Richie Hall. And people had felt like um, there was just too much responsibility on his plate. Um, and now we, we move forward to, uh, to a guy like Chris Jones, who is, like, like we had just mentioned, wearing four hats, head of VP, general manager, head coach, and a defensive coordinator, the defensive coordinator, so he, who doesn't have somebody underneath him to, to not only play call, but actually get all the prep ready. So I think a lot of people feel like there's just too much, too much responsibility. And, and, and those are the reasons why they have, they have been known to mismanage games, not only last year in the, in the, in the middle of the season where it costed them, I believe two games, but also this year um, in, in week one in Montreal, where we had taken 30 seconds off the clock at an unopportune time, as well as had a had an illegal substitution, I guess, with regards to packages, and that essentially put us out of score zone to uh, to win the football game. So it's caused a lot of it's caused a lot of issues and a lot of backlash. And and I I personally think that uh, that it is it, it is too much responsibility for one man. You can't see everything, right, Davis? I agree. Um, yeah, know, I as agree. A, as yeah. a as a player, when you're when you got too many responsibilities, the more you try to see, the less you see. Right? Less less is more. Is, is kind less of the is more, uh, yeah. is kind of is kind of the antidote. So that's that's kind of I think where we're at on that topic. Paul, Paul, going into a la- last year a little a little bit and. Mm-hmm. All the fines and and you know the, yes. the, the the situations with the league and the the player too many players and the rule infractions. Uh, right. What's the what was your what's your take on all of that and and Chris's responsibility uh, for this? Is this something? Is this something that uh, the fan the fans were bothered by? Is this something that is just part of the game? The league is picking on the fans because they're or picking right. on the riders because a lot of people think. Uh, that, that maybe the league was just picking on Saskatchewan a bit in, the, in this, and it necessarily other teams are doing the exact same thing. What's the thing with hiding the players, and uh, what's the right. take with this? I, you know, I, um, to, to say that Chris Jones is the first first um, general manager to hire players is obviously a, a wrong statement, right? Yeah. And this goes back to the question that you that we we were talking about earlier here. Um, the fans here in the community here is different, like like in the other. Obviously, community based 
team. Um, and there's not a lot to do around here. So the, the, the fans are incredibly said, Waldo, Sabalski mm-hmm. said earlier on in the show, I don't know if you're listening, but Sabalski said it yes. just earlier on before you came on that the Riders are the heartbeat of the CFL. Now Absolutely. come, oh come on! There's a, uh, there is there is eight there's eight. eight. Well, you know what? I'll say there's eight other teams would argue. No, there's not eight. That's that's not the truth. There's about three I think that would ar- they would argue that Paul. But because you're a okay. ho- because you're a homer and you you bleed that green, I'm, I'm <laughs> sure you're gonna ride with it. But why are the fans so upset? That's my thing. Why are the fans so upset? See, that in my opinion, the, the, Chris the, is going out there doing. He's going out there making moves. He could stand pat. And sit there and have yep. a have a team that's not good, and he can sit there and and, and blame the, blame the blame the players or blame the system or blame whatever. But he's making moves. You hear about Johnny Manziel. You see Vince Young. You right. he's, he's doing right. all. He's got a million players and staying at hotels and sleeping in his basement. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, he's trying to make the team better. Wouldn't that as a you're a writer guy? You you you're a fan. You're obviously a player, and you work with them. But you're a fan as well. Don't you like the fact that he's doing everything he can to build a winner? That's what I see. Uh, you know what? You know what, Davis? Um, it, it's great if you're winning. We, t- we talked about this being a, uh, a winning production team, league organization, right? Um, if, you, if you break the rules and get away with it, it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. You got people here in Sasso, you know, we'll, we'll drink Pilsner beer, get, you know, have a good time and go to the games and everything else will be swept under the rug. But when you're not being productive, when you're not winning, then people look at it in vain. Right. It, it, it goes in vain. And so these 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 people that live, you know, in this environment and that and that and that work. No, nah, you, and, and Paul, that, you. Yes. You. I yes, want to know what you I want to know. I want to know. I want to know what you think. I want to know if you think that he's if that is something that that you didn't like or you do like. Do you like the fact that they, that these things are happening or you you think that he should be staying within the lines? What's what's your take? I, I think if you're not you know, if you're not being productive, you might as well stay within the lines. Because you're just hurting. You, you, you know what I mean? You can't you can't take all these fines. Like I said, it better be worth it. It's like you, Davis, think about it. You played the game for so long, okay? You know, you know it's second and three, and, and you know in your mind, okay, I can jump the slant roll. It's gambling, right? It's it, if, if it works, hey, it's great. And, uh, and they can say Davis Sanchez yeah, to gamble. Good, I love if it doesn't work and you get beat. That's a good point. I you, loved you know what I mean. It, it I loved work. Craig. I loved Craig. What Craig Reynolds said, and this was uh, this is something that stuck with me. It was a quote, uh, mm-hmm. I believe, at the end of last year or towards the end, end of last year. He said, "Just because," and I'll paraphrase this, but something to do with just because we're making a lot of, mu- just because we're selling a lot of merchandise doesn't mean we can blow it all on <laughs> fines and infractions. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I take the I take the stance of the the president, like I said, now especially being being removed from the game itself you start to kind of realize how important um every penny is in this league right and and and, and you, you stay at the top they always say what the, you know the rich get richer by continuing to 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 get rich right and and in order to stay uh, at the top and, and be the heart of the cfo and be affluent then you got to make sure you're you're not overspending unless you're winning you know so um, I hope. I hope at the end of the day, that, you know, all the decisions that he has made is going to lead up to a to a good push this year, and they can uh, they can get back in the win column and, and hopefully get back in the postseason. Paul, where I'm sure that your family has about nine thousand tickets, uh, season tickets. Uh, mm-hmm. Did you get yourself a set of tickets? And uh, and and where? Uh, how are you enjoying the new stadium? And where are your seats? You know what? We um, we did get a pair of season tickets on Marlis, Marlis and I who. 
happens to my fiance who happens yeah. to work work for the club your, and work for Craig Reynolds. Your lovely yes. fiance who is uh, yes. yes, definitely. Send the send the, the love to her. She is I definitely I, I enjoy you and I and your your company and I think I enjoy Marlis's better. So so yeah, uh, yes. she would she would she would say the same in reference to you and I. So um you know we got some some pretty good seats but I also it's spent the time in the alumni lounge which is a which is a great okay. spot I think probably one of the best in the uh, in the stadium, and you can't help but get excited. And I think once again, going back to the to the heart of the CFL and the fans. I mean, they're they're here. You would you would think we're hosting the Grey Cup every home game because people are here out in the park and and doing doing what they do, wearing rider jerseys at at 10 a.m. You know, um, if it's a weekend game, then you know it's it's where you're where you're green to work Friday, and so it's 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 embedded. It's it's embedded in the, in the hearts and the souls of these people. So. Um, it's 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 great, and the and the new the new stadium is just it's just a it's an atmosphere you got to see. I can't wait for you to to, to get over here. Uh, I will I will I will be there. The postseason now. Let's talk. We look at the the West, and and there's a yeah. you know I, I I stood on my I stood on my soapbox and I and I smacked <laughs> the wall, and then I I, I preached yeah. last year that the, that the Riders, if they were in the East, would have made the playoffs, and that was. I mm-hmm. believe that, and I, I mean that talent-wise, and, and if you match them up with the other guys in the East. Absolutely. Th- right Absolutely. now, unfortunately, they're not. That's not reality. Uh, right. And it's going to be the same situation again. You're going to have to – you're dealing with the Edmontons, the BCs, the That's Calgarys, right. and I believe Winnipeg's a better team than they've, they've showed thus far. Than they've been. Uh, yeah, absolutely. How does, how does you know, Chris Jones is uh, – you know, it's been – this will be year – this is year two, but three years now that the Riders haven't – uh, have, well, haven't made the playoffs, and they don't right. make it this year. How does this postseason? Uh, is there a do or die type of uh, feeling with the postseason yeah. and the Riders being a part of that this year? Yeah, you know, um, that's a that's a great that's a question, Davis. But that's a great question, and and once again, all you can do is is look amongst you. You know what I mean? Look at look at your uh, your compadres within the league, and and Ottawa did a did a great job, right? An expansion team that comes in the league and within three seasons goes to the great cup back to back and ends up winning um, a game that people thought was going to be impossible. So when you look around and you say, you know, uh, Chris and, and the organization has, has done the job of, of, of dismantling and mixing and matching and doing everything they can to win. However, once again, it comes back to being productive and getting into the postseason and, and eventually winning a great cup. Um, so I think, you know, if, if they don't make a push this year, and it then it's it, it's probably going to result in in some sort of change somewhere along the lines where well, once I'll again I'll spit it out somewhere along the lines. What are they going to What are they going to What are they doing? Changing well, the dry cleaners? That they clean the uniforms? Yeah, spit yeah, it out, yeah, Waldo. Yeah. What's no, happening? Maybe may, maybe what you do is maybe you um, you allow Chris to, to okay. perhaps concentrate on one role or two roles. Fair as enough. Opposed Fair to enough. Delegating for you know what I mean? Yeah. Good point. You can understand what I'm saying? Yeah. That that make that makes sense. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, uh, it's a uh, well, it's. <laughs> I look forward to getting out there. I was there for CFL week, Mark CFL week. It was, uh, it was great to be in that city and, you know, you know, talking about the, like Sabalski said, the heartbeat of the league. Uh, I wouldn't, uh, I won't let the rest of the league he- hear this. Uh, hopefully, hopefully their ears are, <laughs> ears are plugged, but I will say they're yep. in the, I'll say the rider nations in the top three. 
I'll say they're in the top. Well, they're in the top three, and uh, and I de- <laughs> I definitely enjoy uh, being out there watching games and and seeing the new stadium. I've seen it, but to, mm-hmm. to call a game uh, when we get to do it later in the season, I look I look forward to that. Paul, where can uh, where can we find you on social media for our our listeners to to go listen to Paul Waldo all or check out Paul Waldo all things Rider Riderville? What's your uh, social media? You know what? We're at uh, well, I'm at, at Paul Waldo. You can you can find me. Um, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, I'm on on Game Day. We're we're pretty active. We're, we're obviously live on the uh, on on air, but are pretty interactive with with our social media. And you can definitely call into the to the post game show. We're at six twenty CKRM and uh, ask your questions. Fire away about Rider Nation. We love we love getting getting calls from um, actually all over North America. You know what I mean? Oh, so no. it, so it's everywhere across the country, across the league, and and uh, and we love talking football. Would you come back sometime and give us uh, give us some rider updates occasionally? That would be that would be great if you uh, if you would do that, buddy. I would absolutely love to. All right. I, I can't wait to I can't wait to do this again. Hopefully sooner than later, Davis. My man, we'll see you in a few months. Uh, say hello pleasure, to say hello to crew and Mar and Peter Paul, PK, Mama yes. Waldo, my my yes. Regina, yes. my Regina family. They're asking for you, Davis. So we, we can't wait to have you back, buddy. Okay, buddy. Thank you. Bye for Thanks, now. Thanks, guys. See ya. Bye-bye.